Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. And today we're going to look at part two of keeping your marriage strong. So whether you're a wife, a mother, have been married many years, are newly married, or even if you are single and looking ahead to the future, these are principles from the word of God that can give you a vision for a marriage that really lasts and goes the distance. Before I dive into this message, I want to invite you to our marriage and motherhood retreat that's happening in Colorado at the Ellerslie campus, November 7th through 9th, 2019. We only have 40 spots available for this retreat, and that is because we want to keep the atmosphere intimate and personal. I would love to have you join me in Colorado this fall. We're going to be exploring God's vision in pattern for marriage and family. It's going to be beautiful and inspiring. And you'll get to meet and connect with like-minded women from all over the country and maybe even the world. If you'd like to join us for this retreat, please visit setapartgirl.com to learn more and register. And remember, space is limited, so don't wait too long before checking into the details. So let's look at part two of how to keep your marriage strong, whether you're married, single, or just want God's vision for a lasting, vibrant marriage. What are the key principles that we need to understand and live by? When my love story with Eric was unfolding, we had a very unusual way of spending time together, studying and reading scripture and Christian biographies. Now, that may not sound very romantic, but it was amazing. In the beginning of our relationship, we had entrusted our emotions to God, and we asked him to unite our hearts spiritually before we became united emotionally. In past relationships that we'd had, we'd experienced the downward spiral that comes when emotions take over and lead the way in a relationship. We wanted our love story to be built on a much stronger foundation, our mutual love for Jesus Christ, not just our feelings of affection towards each other. So instead of spending time together watching movies, gushing about our feelings, chatting about trivial things, we focused on growing together spiritually. We knew that we were headed toward marriage and we knew the importance of cultivating like-mindedness and spiritual unity between us. Eric and I found that exploring God's word together was really exhilarating. We would get excited about the same spiritual truths and talk for hours about how those truths should impact our daily lives and our future decisions. We read biographies of men and women from Christian history who gave their lives radically to Jesus Christ and discussed the things that inspired us about their stories. It may sound boring, but it wasn't. It was incredible to become so like-minded about our convictions, our spiritual passions, and our mutual love for God's word. We spent the majority of our time together focused on Jesus Christ, and I felt closer to Eric than I ever could have if we'd centered our relationship around shallow communications and trivial pastimes. Once we got married, though, staying spiritually connected proved to be a much bigger challenge than we would have expected. Work pressures and the responsibility of having our own home made it harder to spend time growing together spiritually, reading God's word, and studying Christian history. We were often too tired at the end of the day to spend hours examining scripture or reading biographies like we'd done during our love story days. We slowly replaced times of prayer and spiritual growth with times of vegging in front of movies or doing other relaxing activities that really had very little spiritual benefit. Now, we knew it was healthy to do fun, relaxing things together, but after the first few years of our marriage, we began to notice that we were no longer really thriving in our relationship with Christ. We still believed all the same things, and we were having regular quiet times, but the holy fire and spiritual passion that we'd carried in our younger years had faded to a flicker. We had replaced our spiritual growth with entertainment, and our relationship with Christ was suffering as a result. Several years into our marriage, we made a purposeful decision to replace my 
meaningless pastimes and temporal distractions with eternally focused activities. So instead of just vegging in front of movies or mindless channel surfing, we started using our downtime for prayer and studying scripture. Instead of using all of our free time to surf the internet or read suspense novels, we began to read powerful Christian biographies and challenging Christian books. It wasn't easy to make those changes, especially at the end of a long week when we were tired, but we soon found that making time for spiritual growth gave us far more refreshment and energy than vegging in front of a Hollywood blockbuster ever could. We began to have a true passion for Jesus Christ once more. No longer were we just going through the motions of Christianity. Our lives and our hearts were focused on eternity, not just on the passing pleasures of this life. One of the most significant things that happened during that sort of revival season that we walked through was that we grew closer as a couple than we'd ever been before. It wasn't attending marriage retreats or going to marriage counseling that strengthened our marriage. It was purposeful time in the presence of God, sharing his burdens and growing closer to him together. Now, we also have to be purposeful about cultivating our own individual relationships with Christ, but there is something extremely powerful about a husband and wife seeking God with the same passion and fervency and doing it together. Nothing can infuse a marriage and family with strength like a husband and wife who share a common desire to make Jesus Christ the highest priority of their daily lives. As Christian parents, we want our children to be passionate about the things of God. We want them to study his word and grow spiritually. But if we're parents, we need to remember that our spiritual passion directly affects the spiritual passion of our children. We can't expect them to have a holy fire of God burning in their hearts if we don't have it first burning in ours. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We can't expect spiritual growth to just happen. Rather, we must proactively seek after God and take purposeful steps to draw near to him. And the exciting thing is that he has promised to draw near to us as we draw near to him. If you and your spouse would like to grow together in Christ and infuse your home and marriage with spiritual strength, here are a few practical suggestions. First is to grow together. In the hustle and bustle of daily life and family life, planning time to grow spiritually with your spouse can feel next to impossible. But just like cultivating a thriving prayer life, growing spiritually with your spouse won't happen unless you set aside purposeful time for it. Even if you and your spouse can only plan an hour once a week to go through a Bible study or read a Christian biography or study scripture together, you will see a tremendous spiritual benefit in your home and marriage if you can make those times a priority. Eric and I often will listen to Christian audiobooks, especially biographies, at night before bed while we are getting other things done. Hearing or reading powerful stories about God's work in other believers' lives sparks some amazing conversations between us and helps our prayer lives become sharper and more focused. We also love listening to classic sermons together. When Eric and I are working on a household project or are driving long distances in our car, we will often listen to audio scripture together. Even if we don't have time to sit down and read something together, just listening to the edifying words of scripture and powerful truths by devoted Christians through audiobooks can make a tremendous impact on our spiritual lives. And when we get together for date nights, we often talk about the stories and truths that have impacted or challenged us. The fact that we have both been hearing the same stories, sermons, and scriptures makes it so much easier to share in each other's personal spiritual journeys. So I encourage you to prayerfully consider what simple steps you and your spouse might be able to take to plan time for spiritual growth. Is there a time daily or weekly when you could both listen to an audiobook, a sermon, or an audio Bible? Can you set aside an hour on the weekend to explore scripture together? Ask God to show you some simple steps to take, and soon you'll be amazed at the spiritual like-mindedness that begins to flow into your marriage.
Another key principle is to go together. So we talked about grow together, and now we're talking about go together. I remember a local pastor in our community being at a really low point in his life, needing a spiritual getaway, a time to just get a fresh perspective on his life. Instead of taking a getaway with his wife and family, he chose to go alone. He flew to another state, he checked into a hotel, and he attempted to get spiritually refueled on his own without the, quote, distraction of his marriage and family being right there with him. But that trip ended in disaster. He was floundering in his spiritual life and feeling disconnected from his wife and children, and he ended up getting involved with another woman. What had started out as a much-needed spiritual retreat ended up destroying his marriage, his family, and his ministry. Now, there were likely many factors that led to this heartbreaking chain of events, but the fact that this man chose to disconnect and, quote, escape from his wife and family was a big part of the issue. The enemy loves to see couples and families disconnect from each other. If he can convince us that we deserve a break from the demands of marriage and family life, he sets us up for heartache and even sometimes moral failure. Now, women's retreats, mom's nights out, guys camping trips, men's conferences, all these things certainly have their place and can be helpful, but be sure that you and your spouse are purposeful about going to events, conferences, retreats, and getaways together as well. If you and your spouse are constantly having separate experiences and learning things apart from each other, you won't be able to share life, make memories, and grow together the way that God intended you to. For every night or weekend you spend away from each other, be sure that you and your spouse have far more nights and weekends spent together. Whenever possible, let time apart be the exception, not the rule. Beware of thoughts that say, I just need a break from my marriage or my family. I want time away from my spouse or my kids for a while. I just need to focus on me. These are dangerous notions to cultivate. Our society encourages us to protect our individuality and remain a separate entity from our husband and children, but that's the opposite of God's pattern. You and your spouse are one flesh. He is part of you, and you are part of him. God didn't intend us to try to get away from our own flesh. In fact, when speaking about marriage, Christ warned what God has joined together, let not man separate. Now, again, this doesn't mean you should never take time away by yourself, but if your attitude is one of escaping from your husband and your children, rather than becoming refreshed and strengthened so that you can serve and love them even more effectively, the enemy will win a victory and your marriage and family will suffer. If attending a conference or going on a spiritual retreat with your spouse doesn't work for you practically, then I encourage you to look for things you can do as a couple that will cause you to grow closer in your relationship to Jesus Christ as a couple? Can you meet with other godly couples for an evening of prayer and Bible study? Can you watch a powerful Christian film together and have a discussion about it afterwards? Remember, when you do significant things together, instead of always sharing those experiences with your girlfriends, you will discover a tremendous sense of unity, purpose, and spiritual like-mindedness in your marriage, and your family will reap the benefits. If your spouse is apathetic toward the idea of growing together spiritually, remember that all is not lost. Continue to diligently pray that God will change his heart and give him the passion and the motivation to take the lead in your growth as a couple. Meanwhile, instead of nagging or complaining, continue to cheerfully love him, encourage him, and set a beautiful example for him of what a Christ-centered life looks like. The Bible says that even unbelieving husbands can be won to Christ without a word simply by the honorable Christ-centered conduct of their wives. And that is an exciting opportunity. So here are some final thoughts I'd like to share with you. No matter where you are at in your marriage, remember that God cares more about your spiritual like-mindedness as a couple than even you do. If you take steps forward to grow spiritually with your spouse, God will assist you with his guidance, his wisdom, and his amazing faithfulness. So prayerfully consider what practical steps you can take 
take this week to grow spiritually with your spouse and how it will bless your marriage, home, and family as a result. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more practical encouragement on how to bring Christ into the center of your marriage, please see the many resources that we have at setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.